It's indeed a great privilege to be here tonight in the service of the Lord, to pray for the sick and afflicted, to minister in the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who loved us, gave his life that we who are unworthy might be made partakers of his grace and his fellowship in the ages that is to come. And may his blessings and his august presence anoint every one of us now with his being, and may it not leave any until we leave the building for he to receive glory. We are always the, the healing services usually make me maybe a little nervous. Not exactly in the way that would be uh, a nervous like you might think. It's, it's uh, the way it works on me, ministering to the sick. And most always spiritual people are considered odd or strange. We would think of the great poets of the world has produced. For instance, like Stephen Foster, he was considered a neurotic. He gave America some of its best folk songs, Old Folks at Home, Swanee River. And after the inspiration would leave him, he would, he would go out and get drunk. And then when he finally called a servant and took a razor and committed suicide. And then William Keffer wrote that famous old song, There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Sinners plunge beneath the flood, lose all their guilty stains. This famous man, William Keffer, I stood at his grave just recently in London, and after he received inspiration to write that song, when he came out of it, he tried to find a river to commit suicide. It's not bad while you're up there, it's wonderful or while you're down here, but it's in between the times. You don't know where you're at. You say, well, that songwriter is well prophet. Jonah, as we spoke of him last evening, God gave him a message to go tell a city the size of St. Louis over here to repent. And the prophet, after delivering his message up and down the streets to a million illiterate people, some of them didn't know which was right or left hand. They repented in such a way that they put sackcloth on their animals. Then he sat down under a little gourd tree, and after the inspiration left him, he prayed for God to take his life. He didn't know where he was at. He didn't understand. Elijah, the great prophet of old, Jehovah's great witness, when he went to Mount Carmel, called up Israel before Balaam to see which was God. He said, if Balaam be God's serving, if God be God's serving, would God anoint him with inspiration, give him a vision and told him how to do things. And he went out there and called all the prophets of Balaam and let them make a sacrifice. They screamed and cut themselves, no God. But Elijah killed the bullock. Laid it up on the rock, the altar, 
He said, Lord, let it be known as our God, and I am your servant. And said, I did all of this at your command, showing that the Lord had showed him what to do. And when he fulfilled the vision of the Lord showed him, the fire of God fell out of the heavens and consumed the sacrifice. It hadn't rained for three years and six months. He'd closed the heavens because the Lord had told him so. And he told the king that no water or even dew wouldn't fall until he called for it. Then he went out and sat down and prayed again, and there come a, a gush of rain that watered all the land. And as soon as the inspiration left him by the threat of a woman, he ran into the wilderness and wandered for forty days and nights. And when God found him wandering around out there, wondering if he's beside himself, he had crawled back in a cave somewhere. God called him. You see what I mean? Others we could refer to. But people, Christianity, and the way they have it today, is so shallow. No wonder the unbeliever can hardly see how to believe Christianity, because it's no more than a, a form. But Christianity is real in its power. And if it's just ceremonial, any other... Any other ceremony would take its place. I have nothing against lodges, but masonry, odd fellows, or any of them would be just as well if it's ceremony. It has its good and bad, just like the church. But Christianity is a living being in mankind. That's uh, proof of the resurrection of of God's Son, who is God with us. Now we are going to read just a portion of his scripture. Just talk to you just for a few moments. And now we'll go right straight into praying for the sick. These meetings sometimes, I can't go to preaching. I'm going to try, if the Lord willing, Friday night, have a missionary rally, my heart is thrilled over missions. I will tell you how I saw 30,000 raw heathens one to Jesus Christ in five minutes, where they broke their idols on the ground, walked up and accepted Jesus as personal Savior. Mohammed's Hindus, I'm very hungry to get to Jerusalem. Brother Petrus of the Stockholm Church in Sweden, the Philadelphia Church, which is the largest church in Sweden, they've been bringing up Jews from down in Aram so forth. You all have noticed the pictures in the paper. A very beautiful sign of the end of the Gentiles' age. God will return to the Jews now. The Gentile church will be sealed away, finished, go out. Those Jews never even knew or heard Jesus ever on earth. And they got the New Testament and began to read it and see what he was, how that here when he was on earth he performed signs. He didn't claim to be any great person. He didn't claim to be a healer. He just said, I do nothing except my Father shows me. He said, when the Father shows me a vision, I, I go do what he tells me to do. They said, he rose from the dead, says the Christian. 
and promised that the things that he did, the Christian would do also. The Jew said, let me see that happen. Then I'll believe it. Let us see him do the sign of the prophet, and then we will accept him as Messiah. The Jews seek sign, the Greeks' wisdom. You know the scripture. Well, I would like to gather many thousand as we got together now, or going together at Palestine for the meeting. I believe the Jew once in a sane way of his scriptures be shown that Jehovah God was manifested in flesh. It's not any three gods. It's the same God manifested in flesh, three dispensations. That's what stumbles him. And when he's seen that to be a reality, he will accept it. You're not long ago when John Ryan, been 20 years blind, Roman Catholic, sat on the street begging, selling pencils, or pardon, papers near Fort Wayne, Indiana. And when he was healed, I was interviewed by a rabbi. He said to me, how'd you open John Ryan's eyes? I said, I did not open them. I said, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, opened his eyes. And he said, ridiculous. He was no Son of God. And he was not the Christ. And I said, why would you think so, Rabbi? He said, well, he gave his reasons that he re- wasn't, that Messiah was coming in power. I said, you were looking at his second coming, sir. The same scripture spoke of his first coming, the blinding of the Jews until the time fulfilled. He said, you Gentiles can't cut God in three pieces and sell him to a Jew. I said, that's one error that wasn't cleared up in the Reformation. God's not cut in three pieces. He said, you all don't even make sense. You say, God the Father and God the Son and our God. So which one of them is your God? I said, there's only one there. But how could it be? If God the Father is one person, God the Son is another person, God the Holy Ghost, then you should say, our God. That makes you heathen. I said, that would be, sir. But it's not that way. I said, Jehovah God was in the pillar of fire that led the children of Israel, was manifested in the flesh here to take away sin and come again in the form of the Holy Spirit. It's three dispensations. That's the reason it's baptized the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I said, for the three dispensations of God, the same God, we have one God. Tears began to drop off of his beard. He turned and walked away. I said, just a moment, you told me something a few minutes ago. He said, I will hear you some other time. I said, I want to hear you now, because I know that you believe he was the Messiah. And he wouldn't answer, and he turned and went on in. But their time is at hand. I want to read here, out of the scripture of St. Luke, seventh chapter. Now when he had ended all these things, and the audience of the people, he entered into the Capernaum, and a certain centurion servant who was dear unto him, was sick and ready to die. And when he heard that Jesus sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when he came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation and hath built us a synagogue. 
And Jesus went with them. And when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou should enter under my roof. Wherefore neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. For I am also a man under authority, having under me soldiers. I say unto one, Go, and he goeth. To another, Come, and he cometh. And to this servant, doing he doeth this. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turned him about, and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And they that were sent returned to the house, found the servant whole that had been sick. That we bow our heads and speak to the author of this word. Our most kind Heavenly Father, we thank thee for sending Jesus Christ, thy beloved Son, to us when we were alienated from God, Gentiles cut off in the world without mercy, without God. And in due season, Christ died for us all, bringing all nations, God's created people, together as one unit. And today, there is neither bond nor free, male nor female, but all one in Christ Jesus. And it does not yet appear just what the final end will be, but we know we'll have a body like his, for we shall see him as he is. We thank thee for this. And now, kind Father, will you bless us with your presence again tonight? Will you come into the midst of the people and may each person in the shades of their heart be pulled down from any skeptic or unbelief, and may the Holy Spirit have the right of way and preeminence in every life and heart here tonight, that it might be said when we leave that our hearts did burn within us because of his presence. Grant it, Lord. If there be any unbelievers unsaved, save those, Lord, tonight. Grant it. May something be done just in a way that the people will know that thou art here. Circumcise the lips that speak, the hearts that hear. And heal the sick, Father, tonight. And we read when you were here on earth that the things that you did, you gave God the Father all the glory. And we thank thee. Thou hast said, it's not me that doeth the works, it's my Father that dwelleth in me. And tonight, we are sons of God by adoption. And not we that doeth the works, but the Father that dwelleth in us. He doeth the works. He saves us from sin, not ourselves. He heals us, not ourselves. But he heals us by his grace. We thank thee for it. And we pray now that you'll speak. And may we hear, for we ask it in Jesus' name, thy beloved Son. Amen. Jesus on the authority of the word. I'll just take just a few moments, if you will give me your attention. And I wish to talk just a little while where crowds are not too big yet. And when we go to filling up, then you can tell someone else. Always be reverent during time of the service, especially when the healing service is going on. Be open-hearted, open-minded. Just just say, now, Lord, I'm here to learn. You come teach me, see, and the Holy Spirit will teach you. If you come with a kind of sarcastic criticism, whatever you expect to see, that's just what you'll see. If you come expecting to be just disappointed, that's the way you'll get what you expect, always. 
You come to receive, you will be expecting to receive, and you shall receive just what you expected to receive. God always does that. He's, he's, he's sworn to his word. And now, maybe some things might be said to be just a little different from your religious teachings. You might be Catholic, or you might be something other phase of religion, or some Protestant that doesn't believe in divine healing. Whatever it is, you look at it just the way it is. Just look at it from the standpoint of God's Word. Now, we're going to speak just a few moments on the authority of God's Word. Now, every Word of God is a written, sworn authority. It's the, it's the absolute right of the believer to accept this as the infallible truth, because it is God's Word. Heavens and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away, saith the Lord. It must be fulfilled in its season. Well, now, many times that Christians, and sometimes even ministering brethren, many times uh, get a little confused on this, and who am I to say who is wrong, for I'm with the rest of you, and should be sitting listening to the clergy instead of standing in front of them. But my brethren, the Word of God, sometimes people get to say, well, now the Word said this. Let's take it just exactly the way it says. That's, well, that, that is right. But that Word has to fall in a certain ground or it won't produce. I, I've heard people get saved. They say, I'm a Christian now. The Lord said, whatever I ask in his name, I'll get it. Amen. I'll ask for this. Now, that's not right ground, maybe, yet. You can't take cactus and grow it in clay. You put cactus in real rich soil, it'll die. Cactus grows in sand. And you take uh, a pine tree and put it in that sand in Arizona where the cactus grows, it'll die because there's not enough moisture. Yet both of them is in soil. It must be the right word at the right place, and it will take place. I pray for thousands of people, just as a routine of praying for people. But yet, I don't know what's going to happen until he shows me what's going to happen. Then I have, thus saith the Lord. Then the Lord has brought his word in confirmation. Then I know just exactly what he's going to do, when he tells me what he's going to do. Then it makes a perfect faith. If you notice Jesus, he only used those things as God permitted him. Remember last night's lesson? He said the Son can do nothing in himself but what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father doeth, he showeth the Son. And the Father worketh, and I worketh hitherto. In other words, what the Word of God made manifest in Christ was what God showed him to do. Any prophet... Any spiritual man of any age, any time, was always exactly the same thing. So you can't jump to conclusions and say, the, the Word says this, I'll accept it and do this. You can't do that. It hasn't fallen right yet. But when the Holy Spirit comes and materializes that and shows you what to do, then you can do it. Because it's not you done. This is the written Word of God, the plan of salvation. But we have to be careful how we handle it. For instance, many times, there are people come in the line, and I pray for them. I never know what's going to happen. I just pray for them. And there is a power in prayer. Prayer will even change 
the Word of God. That was a striker, wasn't it? But it's the truth. The Word of the Lord, would you not believe the prophets? The Word of the Lord came to Isaiah and he went and told Hezekiah that he wasn't coming off his bed, he was going to die. And Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and wept bitterly and said, Lord, I beseech thee, I have walked before thee with a perfect heart and desired fifteen years more life. And the prophet wasn't gone until the word of the Lord came again to the prophet and said, Go tell him I heard his prayer and he's coming off the bed in three days. Amen. Prayer changes things. Amen. Many times to see where there's people that's sick and going to die. It turns dark around them when they're standing. I know it's the pronouncing of death. I don't see why, but... That's all. I don't tell him that. I just pray for him and pass on and say, The Lord bless you. Or maybe the Lord Jesus heal you. Durban, South Africa, coming across the platform was a lady as healthy looking as the healthiest woman in the building. The hundred thousand people had gathered in there. And the woman come, normally and healthy. She stood up there and I said, looked at her, I said, I see you are a Christian. She said, I am. And it's a... Uh, then I noticed again, I seen her going to church and a group of people she's with. I said, this is the church you belong to. And she said, it is. I looked back and I seen her turn real dark around her. And I started to say, well, the only thing she had was a cyst on the ovary. She'd been to the doctor. I said, your husband's wearing a gray suit and he has a black mustache. He waited in the hall while you was examined a few days ago by a doctor that was a gray-headed man wearing glasses. She said, that's right. And I said, he said you had a cyst on the ovary. He said, that's right. He said, it should be taken off. That's right. He wanted to burn it with rage. He said, that's right. Kept turning dark around her. I started to say, now the Lord bless you and heal you, my sister. I passed her off the platform. Then I seen a funeral procession going packing her. I knew I might as well tell her. It was over then. I said, lady, you're a strong-looking woman. Very little wrong with you, but prepare for death, for you're not going to live but a short time. She said, sir... I said, that is right, sister. Just make ready for God. Be prepared. She walked off the platform, sat down, and looked at her husband. Said, what do you know about that? He fell dead right there. And packed around. Because there's nothing could be done. I've seen the funeral procession going on. And what God says is truth. Now, this is the truth of God. That's the truth. Anything contrary to that is not truth. But that is to the nation, to the people, the plan of salvation. But to the individual, then sometimes, after God sending his word this way and ministers to preach it, he says to the church, apostles, prophets, gifts of tongues, interpretation of tongues. That's all for the edifying or the keeping clean of the church. Bringing the church together, separating out. Just recently, it's a Methodist church in New Albany. The person may be sitting here now. Before going to Africa... I just come from California on one of my trips, just that you might see. I was coming into the building that night in California, into the place where we were having service, several thousand. And there was about 20 or 30 wheelchairs setting up like this, and cots and stretchers and so forth, and the bleachers and all. And my brother, as you understand in these meetings, that I have to keep myself away from people. Because with that anointing, as soon as you speak to a person, right then you contact their spirit. And when you do that, you understand. So I kept in a room, two men stayed at the door all the time. And they come and got me that night, 
I went out into the building, and I just remember walking in. I was just standing by the side of the steps. The manager, one of them, Mr. Baxter, they begin to sing Only Believe, and I come out before the audience, and I was looking out this way, and I've been several nights, and I'm getting real weak. The meetings become more powerful all the time, of course, you become more into the Spirit. And I was looking like that, and I seen a little boy playing on a haystack right out in front of me, and he fell off the haystack and struck a great crude-looking frame across his, his back struck it. I seen a man pick him up. I just started talking, just right out in front of me, like you see every night going on, and it told just what was taking place. I seen a doctor work on him, I seen what kind of a doctor. I said, I see him bore holes in the floor and set his bed. He can't even stand for people to walk on the floor. And now they got him in a bed, they whirl him around or take him out in this bed. But he becomes a great man. I said, now he becomes even a greater man. He's sitting around the benches or something. They got a, a chair there, got him in yet, and, and people are applauding his speeches. And the vision left me. And I looked, and coming in, they just got off of an airplane, and here come a wheelchair that just got inside the building, and it began to come, move on down to get it with the rest of the wheelchairs. I said, that's the old gentleman now. He's about twice the distance of this building. I said, that's the old man now, and he was weeping, so I went ahead and told my brother to call the prayer line. And so we began to get them lined up, and so the next thing taking place, well, uh, they had an extension mic here, Mr. Baxter said, Brother Branham said, said, that old man that you were speaking to is the congressman of the United States, is William D. Upshaw. I said, I don't know who he was. He said he wants to speak to you through this mic. And he said, my son, how did you know that... I fell and hurt myself when I was a boy. But I can't tell you, sir, I never heard of you in my life. I'm sorry. And uh, he said, well, I was the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. said, Dr. Davis, the one that ordained you in the Baptist Church, was the one who sent me here to see you. I said, I'm acquainted with Dr. Davis. He said, I've been prayed for. said, I've been uh, ambling in this wheelchair for 66 years. And he said, I'm 86 years old now, and I said, I've trusted God since I was 17 years old when I was hurt to heal me. He said, do you think I'll ever be healed? I said, I could not tell you, sir. I said, I can only say what I see. He said, God bless you, my boy. And I said, thank you, kind sir. And I turned this away, and when I did, my brother, being the chief usher in the meeting, was getting the people lined up down there. And I looked across this way, and I seen a young doctor with one of these medic coats on with a collar this way. And he had a thing in front of his head here, lights, that they reflect the light, and I forget the name of the instrument. And he had his arms folded, and he wore tortoise shell glasses, and he was shaking his head. As the vision materialized more, I looked below him. There's a little colored girl, perhaps about six, seven years old, and he had taken her tonsils out. It wasn't successful and paralyzed her. And when I told the vision which was before me, way down the distance all several times of this building, I heard a typical Aunt Jemima let out a great big scream, and she started up there, a great big heavy set woman, and she was just knocking ushers right and left, with, uh, pulling a stretcher behind her. She said, Lord, have mercy, that was my baby. And so they had to line up a bunch of people because you are not supposed to come to the platform without a prayer card, because that's the legitimate way we have of doing it. It's the only way we can. So the ushers had to turn her from the line. 
and they had to make a way there. She was screaming and going on. She said, Parson, that was my baby. I said, will she ever be well? And I said, I don't know, Andy. The only thing I can say is what I see. I said, but that's, I said, that's exactly the way the doctor looked. And that was about two years ago. I said, that's the same little girl. They had their sheet pulled down from her. I said, that's the same little girl. I said, well, is she healed? I said, Andy, I couldn't tell you. The only thing I know is just what I look at and see. I said, it's only by vision. And she said, I have prayed and I have prayed and I have prayed for it. And I said, well, I wouldn't know anything. I said, Howard, are you about ready for the first person to come? I said, yes. A lady started walking up. I turned to look again out over the audience to tell him to be reverent. I seen it look like it's like a dark street moving. And it just kept coming in like that. And when it was, it was a street or something or a road. And this little colored girl was going walking down the road with a doll on her arm, rocking it back and forth like this. That was it. Now, that's the word of the Lord made manifest. Now, no matter what would take place, all the forces of hell could move against that. The woman don't even have to have faith. She don't have to have anything because God has said so. That's God's word materialized. Then I had thus saith the Lord. I said, Auntie, as reverend as you've been, God has rewarded you and your baby is healed. She started screaming and kissing her baby. She said, oh, Parson, when will my baby get well? I said, it's well now, Auntie. I, she said, Can't, and the baby said, looky here, Mother. And she raised up like that. And the poor old thing, she fell backwards like that and began screaming. And women began to faint and fall. And they got them up and they had a commotion there for a little bit. And when they got the girl up and the mother, they take hold of each other's hands, walked right down to before those thousands of people, mother and daughter. And the man that drove the ambulance stood there with such a depleted look on his face. And he tucked the stretcher back. I said, you see what the Lord Jesus can do? And as I looked, I seen that old congressman like a shadow going walking like that. And he was sitting there with a blue suit on and a red tie. Only in the vision he had a brown suit, uh, kind of a chocolate colored brown with a white stripe in it. And I said, congressman, have you got a brown suit with a white stripe? He said, my son, I just bought one yesterday. I said, you have been a very reverent man, and it has honored God all these years. And through the honoring of God and believing God, God is rewarding you now to give your last days happy. You can walk, Congressman. The Lord Jesus Christ has healed you. Thus saith the Lord. He said, when will I be able to walk, my boy? I said, right now, Congressman. And up he jumped from that chair, threw aside, he had big crutches that went up over his shoulders when they sent him up, like Mr. Roosevelt, like that, his back. And a man, one looked like God would have healed him when he was young, 17 years old, not wait till he's 66, or, or 86, rather, and his back all bones all brittle. But that man, for the first time, 86 years old, since being in England for 66 years, rose to his feet. Well, of course, Satan say he'd break his back if he gets up in there. But that's what Satan said, but God had said. See? God had said. Then the word was manifesting. And the man was walking normally and well. Passed through the United States, Great Britain, all through the known world, and even sent Joseph Stalling a letter of it. Personal friend of Churchill. Many of you seen the congressman Upshaw, I suppose, after he's seen him. How many? Raise your hands. And, oh, see? and now... What is that? The Word made manifest. 
if it's not too, taking too much time, I want to finish this testimony in about a few minutes. On my road home, coming home, I came in and my wife said to me, she said, Honey, your old friend is dying. I said, Who? Mr. Hall. When little Georgie Carter had been laying in the bed down there for nine years and eight months, down 35 miles down the southern, never heard of the city in my life, little place. The Lord gave a vision, went down there and healed her. She came up off the bed after laying there nine years and eight months and weighed 35 pounds. If you'd like to write to her, you can write to her. Miss Georgie Carter, Milltown, Indiana. She's my pianist at the Milltown Baptist Church now. And then Mr. Hall had been converted, which was a very, very foul man. And he was converted in that same meeting, and he's the pastor down there now. And so she said, Mr. Hall has been pronounced with a cancer of the liver, and said he is laying at his sister's house, and his sister married the judge of the city's uh, brother, and is down at his house, who brought him up here, he's dying. He's been calling for you. And I said, well, let's go down and see him. And I went down to see Brother Hall, and he is just as yellow as the color, cancer in the liver. Started off with a liver cirrhosis, and it went into cancer. I said, who's your doctor, Brother Hall? He said, Dr. Dillman. Dr. Dillman's a bosom friend of mine. I said, what about it, Brother Hall? He said, well, Brother Branham, I guess it's just the end of the road for me. So I guess that's just about all that can be done, lest the Lord undertakes for me. And I said, well, I'll pray, Brother Hall. And we prayed. The next day I went back. He was worse. The second day he was still worse. Looked like he was dying. Miss Hall come out and said, Brother Branham, do you know what he has? I said, Sister Hall, I pleaded with God just with all my heart. The Word is still the Word of God. But it just hadn't fell right, that thing. It hadn't been given to me. It hadn't been given to him. But it's still the Word of God. It just hadn't anchored right. So we went down again. Mrs. Hall said, Brother Branham, is there anything you can do for him? I said, now, I said, you don't have any other doctor. I said, doctors, it's just like anything else. You've got to have faith in them. I said, Dr. Sam Adair here in the city is our doctor, very fine man. Went to school with him. We fished together, hunted together, and played together, worked together now. And he sends his patients, which they can't handle in medical rooms. He'll them take off up Brother Brandon. And you ought to see what's been done for him. <laughs> we'll get to it a little later <laughs> sometime. Let you write to him and ask him about it. He's a specialist. I called up Dr. Adair and asked him if he'd go down and see Mr. Hall. He said, I'll go read the x-rays. The hospital, he went out, called me back, said, yes, Billy, he's got cancer. I said, is there anywhere you can send him? He said, might send him over to Abel's clinic in Louisville, let it be examined. Took him over there and got an uh, ambulance out as nearly dead then. Took him over there and they wouldn't give them the diagnosis. Called back to Dr. Adair and he called me up. He said, Billy, yeah. said, your preacher friend's going to jump overboard in four days. I said, he's going to die, doctor? I said, yep. Yeah. I said, my, nothing you can do. He said, Billy, you can't take his liver out and he'll live. He said, there's nothing can be done. The man's dying. He said, he's a preacher. He ought to be ready. I said, oh, he's ready. But he's a young man. I said, he ain't over 55 years old. Plenty of work that he could do for the Lord. But I said, why God to take him? I don't know. He said, well, Bill, that's hard for anybody to understand. We just have to accept it. I said, that's right. So that's a hard thing to go tell my sister Hall. But I went out that night and I said, sister Hall, the doctor said... In four days, Mr. Hall be gone. 
He's going to die in four days. And she started crying. I said, now, Sister Hall, you must remember, he's a Christian. He's ready to go. And if this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we have one already waiting to see. I said, it'd be far better off. Of course, you'll be lonesome at your age now. No children. I said, you'll be lonesome, of course. But you must remember, God knows what's best and working what's best. I said, Brother Branham, has God ever said one word to you about it? I said, Sister Hall, he hasn't said a thing to me. I said, I prayed all my heart. Maybe he's just going to let him die. I said, do you think he's going to die? I said, yes, I believe he is. I believe he's going to die because all evidence, everything's against him, Sister Hall. And I said, all, and as far as I know, there's nothing can be done. It must be the will of the Lord. I said, I couldn't think. So she started crying, poor old thing, and he was just barely living. He could just make out now and then. He was subconscious most of the time. The next day, I had one day off, and I like to squirrel hunt, but so I had a little old twenty-two rifle there. I was going to go squirrel hunting out in the woods to get some rest. I usually go out and sit down on a tree and go to sleep and sleep the rest of the day because just get away from the crowds for a little while because you know what it is around the house up there. The next morning, real early, we got through the crowd in the house about 12 or 1 o'clock, and I set the clock to alarm at 3. I got up real early and got my little squirrel rifle and my old hat and started off to go squirrel hunting. I looked out on the runway. There was nobody out there, so I went and started through the room, and when I went into the hall, there hung there in the room a little bitty old apple about that big around. A green, knotty, worm-eaten. Now I thought, what did my wife put that on the wall for? That's a harvest-looking thing. You've seen them little old, uh, apples like off of a tree. It hasn't been sprayed, you know, just real knotty and a hard-looking thing. And uh, so I said, what did she put that on the wall for? And I started on through, and I looked again, and it wasn't on the wall. It was hanging right in the middle of the air. And I realized that there was something to it. I knelt down. I said, what will my heavenly father have his servant know? I looked, and here was another hanging by its side. And on down to five of them hung there, by, right, in a cluster-like, five of those little naughty apples. And then down come a great big apple with red streaks in it and yellow, and it just made big chomps like that. My chomp, 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 eat up all five of them. And then the apple disappeared, and this light that was in the picture that you all see here, it was right hanging above it going. I said, what would my Lord have his servant know? He said, stand up on your feet. And I stood up. He said, thus saith the Lord, go tell Mr. Hall that he'll not die but live. And that was it. No squirrel hunting that day. I run back and woke up my wife and told her about it. She said, oh, can I go with you? I said, yes. And we got ready to break a day. We went down. Mr. Hall was, they had him back rubbing his hands and things. And, and I went in and I, I said, he isn't gone. He said, said, no, he isn't gone, Brother Brandon, but he's just going. He said, he's struggling. His eyes are set in the back of his head. I said, Sister Hall, she said, what are you looking so bright about? I said, I have thus saith the Lord. Oh, no one ever knows what that means then. She said, is it good? I said, yes. I said, oh, what? I said, just come in now. Gather everybody around the bed. We got around the bed. Mr. Hall's eyes were setting back like that. He's real yellow. And he kept screaming. Someone rubbed his hands. I said, Brother Hall, can you hear me? He said, who is it? And I said, this is Brother Bill. He said, oh, haven't I gone yet, Brother Bill? I said, and you're not going right now, Brother Hall. I have thus saith the Lord. I seen this morning about two hours ago in a vision and told him what it was. And I said, Brother Hall, you're going to live. Walked out of the room, went home, called up Dr. Adair. And I said, Dr. Adair, 
I said, you know the man was going to jump overboard in four days? He said, is he dead? And I said, no, he isn't going to die. He said, what do you mean? I said, he said, how's he going to live with that cancer in him? I said, I don't know, but he's going to live. I said, because the Lord has said so. That's the word of God, positive. See? There it is. It's in the right ground, man. Then he said, well, Billy, he said, I never wanted to doubt you. I said, I've seen many things done. I've never doubted you in my life. But the old doctor will have to see that. <laughs> I said, well, you won't die with old age because until you see it. I said, you, you'll find out. I went up to the area of Pennsylvania and through there and made a six-week tour, come back for one day. I was going to Africa after that. We had a high school gym there. It seated about 5,500 people. And some of you probably was there that night is all I know. Even maybe people was present. We had one night at the gym. There's so many in there. They had about the same amount on the outside and the police out there trying to keep order. And for this one night. And when I got in, the people just piled and you couldn't see where they were. <laughs> just everywhere. And I happened to look, sitting down in front of me, there was Dr. Baldwin, a good friend of mine. I, his wife had been healed with asthma at my house. I said, glad to see you, Dr. Baldwin. He said, thank you, Billy. He stood up. I looked up there, and it's set in the bleachers, and there sat Dr. Dillman from Cardin. I said, how do you do, doctor? I'm glad to see you in here tonight. I had to look, stand in the door, and there stood Dr. Sam Adair. He couldn't get in. I said, how do you do, doctor? There. I said, I'm sorry we haven't got a seat for you, but I said, may the Lord bless you. Yep. And I happened to sit back there, and there said Brother Hall. All right, back. He waved at me like that, you know. I said, Dr. Dillman, you remember a patient you had here not long ago named William Hall? Yes. I said, Dr. Dare, you know the one you said go to jump overboard in four days, and the old doctor had to see that? I just said, yes. I said, you want to testify, Brother Hall? He said, praise the Lord. Do I want to testify? <laughs> and he raised up and gave a testimony there. They take him out and examine him that very same night. Couldn't find a trace of it. No worry. He weighs 185 pounds. Perfect health. Reverend William Hall, Milltown, Indiana, if you'd like to write him. It's six minutes before the prayer line now. Maybe one more little instant. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. God shall raise them up. You can't base faith on hope. You've got faith is positive. Every person that's got their normal sight will look at my shirt and say it's white. One of the senses declares and says it's white. Now, if you've got faith that says you're going to be healed just as real and positive as your sight says that's white, then you've got faith it's going to happen. But it has to be real, some declaration to prove it. We're so close to Missouri. That's the show-me state. They say seeing is believing. You've heard that, haven't you? You haven't ever heard that old saying? Let's just see how foolish that is. Come here, Brother Brewer. Thank you. There's a man standing before me with dark hair, wearing a striped tie and a gray suit. I mean, green, gray, and brown. How many believe that's the truth? Anybody can see and believe it. Now, there's only one way to know that man standing there. That's the sight. That's seeing. Now the man's there, and I can't see him. There's no way at all for me to see him, yet I know he's there. I know he's there just as real as if I was looking at him. You want to argue with me he's not there? <laughs> now, seeing isn't believing, is it? I've got another sense, and that's feeling. I can feel him there. He's just as real as it is I was looking at him. Seeing's not believing. Feeling is believing now. Now, 
It's impossible for me to feel him. It won't contact him at all. Yes, I believe he's there because I see him. Turn around and hit that piano with it. Thank you, Brother Burke. Uh, note or two. How many heard that? How many saw that music? I thought Stephen was leaving. Stephen's <laughs> not leaving. Hearing's leaving there. Is that right? Did you see it? No. Did you feel it? Did you taste it? Did you smell it? No. You heard it. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things you do not see, taste, feel, smell, or hear. All right. See? It's just a positive fact. You know it. Yeah. See? And it's got to be based somewhere, not upon this mythic. It's got to be based on thus saith the Lord. Yeah. Then you know where it's at. <laughs> then it's, it's right. It's made positive. Reverend Mr. Johnson, as far as I know, he may be here now. I was a Baptist preacher. He was a Methodist, and we used to have revivals. We were both from the same part of Kentucky. Moving out to Indiana, he was a pastor of the Main Street Methodist Church, one big, fine church in New Albany. I had a little tabernacle in Jeffersonville. He said after the Lord began to bless the meetings, began to come on, Billy, you ought to come give me one night. I said, not to pray for the sick, Brother Johnson. I'm home to rest. He said... Well, just come down and preach for me one night. Well, I did. He said, I promise you we won't ask you to pray for the sick people. I said, not as I don't want to, but the thing of it is, I, I don't even... We, I've been living in my house for five years, and we have never eaten them one time in my house without the shades pulled out the window in the kitchen. People, that's how it's just coming and going. Home, not home. But as long as you can help somebody, all right. So... When it gets too bad, then I take off and go up the mountain somewhere and rest up a week or two and come back. So then when going out that night of the church, it, couldn't, it brought me into the back window. Two men raised down, picked me up, and let me out. He told me to go down to the bottom of the steps, but I asked you, Billy, if you wouldn't pray for anybody. wouldn't ask you to, but said, we got a Sunday school teacher here, a lovely little girl, woman, young married woman, said she's completely gone out nearly said she's a neurotic said if you just lay your hands on her said I think it would satisfy her said she's been everywhere been prayed for I said all right brother Johnson and I went out and I thought I was going to see a woman in a straight jacket a lovely looking little woman standing there looked to be about 30 years old normal sweet looking little woman she said how do you brother Branham I said are you the patient she said yes I said I was expecting to see you in a straight jacket I said, what's the matter, sis? And she said, I just don't know, Brother Branham. I said, how long has it been on you? She said, about eight years. And she said, I've just done everything. And said, I, I know I've lost my mind. I said, I don't think you have. I said, do you believe the Lord Jesus? She said, oh, yes, sir. I said, I have a fine young lady Sunday school class here in the 18th Street Mission. I have service up here on Sunday afternoon, so forth, and teach a big group of children. I prayed for her, went on out. Two or three days later, I met her on the street, wife and I. So when we met her, why, she went into the fair store, or the White House, I believe it was. I said, there's that lady, and I, I said, how are you feeling? She's with you. And she said, oh, Brother Branham, if anything, I'm worse. She said, I just, I just don't know what I'm going to do. She said, I, I believe I can't last over another week. And uh, so she was in terrible shape. And I stepped in on the side, and I prayed for her just as reverent as I could. And I said, go on now, believe. 
We went, was gone for a long time before I ever come back, and she just kept the phone busy with my wife. She said, when Brother Bram's have another meeting, or he'll be under that anointing, that it's got to be something to cast that evil away from me. She said, something's got to do it that I just can't have been prayed for for a man all over the country. And she said, and I just, the doctors came to and she spent $10 every week, had been for years, going to that famous psychiatrist in Louisville. Nothing could help her. So, one morning, on this vision right here, I got wrote out, which came to me, the word of the Lord, which will take place in Africa and India. I'll give it to you so you can write it down and see if it don't come word by word the way he said it. That morning, he come in the room where I was at. And when my wife come out there, she said, Bill, let me call that little woman first, will you? Said, poor little thing. Said, she's in such a fix. I said, very well. And call her. So before she could get there, there's other people there. And his man from, from the Wall Street Baptist Church in Lowell with a cancer in his liver. He's, that's been three, two years ago. Going on three, and he's a member of my church over there now. The little tabernacle comes all the time. So... The Lord told him what he had done. He used to be a baseball player and told him something that he had done that he must go straighten up. And he did. He lived. So when the little woman come in, she sat down. I had to take her out in the den room. I said, I want to be by herself. We sat down. I just got to talking to her, just like a wood at the platform. And she said, I said, what's the matter, sister? She said, Brother Branham, I don't know. She said, I just seem like everything's just gone away and feels like I'm walking on the earth. If I happen to shake it, it's going to... I know it's standing in space that it'll, it'll sink. I said, my, you ain't that heavy. So, just on like that. And she said, well, I just don't know what's the matter. I said, I know I'm crazy. I, I know I'm actually, said, I'm crazy. And said, they're going to send me away to the insane institution. And when he got to talking to her, you could see it was something wrong, man. So, I said, well, let's you and I just talk like, you know, like on a scripture or something. And she said, all right. She just wringing her hands and taking her glove and rolling it like that. And I said, now, I just lay your glove down, sister, and just, just relax. She said, oh, I can't, brother man. She said, I wish I could. She said, but I can't. I said, are you you're a Christian? Yes, everything. I said, Brother Johnson told me he was one of his most famous members. And he said, our most loyal members. And he, she said, well, I'm thankful for that. And um, she said, I'll try to be. And I kept watching her. And I had to look coming right across the front. Here come a little black car. And I seen it move into the shadow. I said, was you ever in a car accident? She said, no, sir. No, I never was in a car accident. But the gallon, they can anoint you by the day. All the people can stand around and scream and stomp and yell and holler. I said, that devil will lay right there because he has a legal right to lay there. I said, now there's your trouble. She, I said, so what shall I do? I said, go tell your husband. Make it right. She said, oh, I, Brother Bram, I got two children. Said it would break our home up. I said, now that's all I know, sister. I said, now all the psychiatrists in the world couldn't pull that out of you. There's nobody knows that but you and that man and I. And the Lord knew it, so he's revealed it. And she said, well, I, I just can't do it. I can't do it. I said, well, now, of course, that, she, I started out. She said, don't. Now, wait a minute, Brother Brandon. She said, don't go, don't go. Just a minute. And she was crying for a little sorry. I felt sorry for it. But there's only one you're saying you're feeling sorry for somebody, and then the thing, you've got to be honest with people. That's what's the trouble today. We use too much petty sympathy. That's right. You've got to tell the truth. And God will honor the truth. So she started out. I started out, rather, and she come to me, and, and I turned around to look at her, and there stood in the room, standing right by her side, was a tall, black-headed man with wavy hair combed over sideways. And I said, is your husband a tall, black-headed man with wavy hair? She said, yes, sir. And just then he turned his back to me, and when he did, he had Chevrolet rode on the back. I said, does he work for a Chevrolet company? He said, yes. I said, do you know him? I said, no, ma'am. But I said, he's got the same thing to confess to you. When he was landed in another country, 
the place where he went, and I said, it hasn't been three days ago since your husband was in a green Chevrolet car with a woman that worked in the office wearing a black-headed woman with a pink dress on and lived untrue to you. She said, not my husband. I said, yes. She said, he's a deacon in the church. I said, I don't care what he is. I said, no wonder Brother Johnson's having a bad time down there. I said, such as that. That's some things that's the matter with half the churches today. If he gets straightened up, you get things. And I said, now, we got four phones here. I said, you call your husband and make that right, and then we'll talk to the Lord. But as long as that's there, there's no need of trying to do anything. And I started out, and she immediately got talking to her. She went and called her husband. The lady was with her, sitting in the car. They went on down and met in a few minutes. He got with her in the car, met her on the road. She said she had a confession, so she told him all about her side of it. He said, I want you to forgive me. He said, I will. And said, now, it wasn't a couple days ago that wasn't you with this? She knew the woman. And he said, well, uh, where you been? And she, he said, she said, is that the truth? He said, who told you that? She said, Brother Branham. He said, honey, it's the truth. And said, if you'll forgive me, I'll forgive you. And we'll be a, go back to church and ask God to forgive both of us. And we'll live like Christians ought to. And we'll raise our children in the right way. My wife said, you think they'll be back? I said, yes. People come in. After a while she comes, she said, come here, Bill. I was in the room with some more people. And here they come up the steps with their arms around one of the tears sticking down their cheeks. Oh, eternal God, great Jehovah, who thundered off of Mount Sinai and wrote the commandments, who thundered off of Calvary, said it's finished. The word of God. What was finished? He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace upon him with his stripes, we were healed. It is finished. Oh, let us look to Calvary tonight. The word was finished and let us accept it. For by grace are we saved through faith. Knowing that you're calling an election, no man can come, you said, except you call him. No man can come to me except my father draws him. Seeing Abraham back there, no more than any other man coming out of the land of Chaldea, the city of Ur, coming down in the valleys of Shire, from Babylon, perhaps an idolater. But God, by sovereign election, chose him. Abraham, I've saved you and your seed after you. Oh, God. Told him to look at the dust of the earth and the number, sands of the sea, and then the stars of heaven, innumerable. His seed would be coming from the dust to the stars. Your Holy Spirit tonight, we being dead in Christ, take on Abraham's seed and our heirs according to the promise. How thankful I am to be sitting with the election tonight. And they call me their brother. We call you our father. And we're thankful. Now manifest your love and presence to the people. And when you hear on earth, when you talk to the woman at the well, you know her sin. You talk to Nathaniel, a righteous man, you told him what he'd done before he came to the service. You're Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you have rose from the dead and living now forevermore. Come, Lord Jesus, and anoint this poor, unprofitable servant, and use it as a channel tonight to issue your words to whomsoever you will. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen.
Scripture says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. Then Jesus Christ said, The things that I do shall you do also. Amen. And a little while and the world will see me no more, yet you will see me, for I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. Is that right? Now, that, if that is the gospel and that is the truth, then Jesus Christ will manifest himself. If it isn't the truth, he wasn't the Christ, and it's all wrong. We can only make it right or wrong. And if Jesus, when he was here on earth, the very things that he did here on earth will have to be repeated, or he did not. A real famous Jew came to him by the name of Nathaniel. After Philip had found him and told him he found the Messiah, he nonsense. He couldn't believe that. He said, well then, why couldn't he believe it? When he came and seen who he was, Jesus said to him, said, Behold, you're an Israelite, and whom there is no guile. In other words, an honest, upright, religious man. He said, Rabbi, or master, teacher, reverend, Rabbi, when did you know me? You're a stranger to me. He said, Before Philip called you when you were under the tree. Quickly, he said, Thou art the Son of God. You're the King of Israel. You recognize his name's immortal tonight. Today it probably said mental telepathy. A witch. The Jews in them days called Jesus because he could do that. They said he is Beelzebub. Beelzebub is the chief of the fortune tellers, the worst of all the devils. But he wasn't. He was the Lord Jesus. Same Jesus, the same God that was on the prophets. Now, let us only believe just a few moments, if you will. Everyone with one accord. Just a little late, I'm sorry. You're such a lovely audience, I keep talking. I shouldn't do that, because it... Now you realize, how many have seen the picture last night? Of the, it's been taken, the same pillar of fire that led the children of Israel through the wilderness, has taken now and hanged in Washington, D.C. The same pillar of fire. What is it? It's the same God. It was manifested in a man called Jesus Christ. It's manifested today in this church. The same God. Same pillar of fire. And here he is. We've got the Old Testament proof by the picture. And you'll see it. Watch this away. It's been seen by millions of people around the world. Frankly, it isn't ten foot from where I'm standing right now. And then the signs of the Messiah. I may the Lord grant. I just want to look down the line. As far as I know, there's not a person in here that I know, except my own son standing down here with the ushers, and Reverend Mr. Brewer sitting here. So far as I can see, God, who is my judge, knows that. I see no one else that I know. You're all strangers to me. If I should look at this little baby sitting here and say it's got a water head, well, that's no mysterious thing. You'd say, sure, I can see that. But the person who looks healthy, that's the person. Now, how many out there doesn't have prayer cards and wants to be healed? Let's see your hands. Everywhere. Raise up your hands. Everywhere is going. So I, now I'm going to ask you, 
Now, there's 90% of you hasn't got prayer cards because there's only just a certain amount of prayer cards given out because we can't get to no more. But look, friend, if you look this way and believe with all your heart, just have faith, see if God doesn't turn right out in the audience like he did on Jesus Christ and say the same thing. Jesus perceived their thoughts out there, told them what was wrong, what to do. It's the same thing tonight. It's the Lord Jesus. Now, his presence being here now, now, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I take every spirit in this building under my jurisdiction. Now, who's leaving? Now, we want you to be reverent. And now, I've got to talk to this man just a moment just to see what the Lord would say. Now, Jesus, when he come to, he had to go up by Samaria before he went to Jericho. That's way out of the way. But the Father sent him up there. The Spirit that was in him sent him up there. And he sent the disciples away to buy bread, meat. And a Samaritan woman come out to get some water, and he said, bring me a drink. She said, it's not customary for you Jews to ask Samaritans such because they don't have no dealings. He said, but if you knew who you were talking to, you'd ask me for a drink. And I'd give you water you didn't come here to draw. Well, she was surprised. He said, you have nothing to draw the water with. So he talked to her a few minutes and he said, went right straight to your trouble. He said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have any husband. He said, that's right, they got five. She said, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. And she ran into the city and said, come see a man who told me all I ever did. He never told her all he did. She did, but he told her where her trouble was. And if he could do that, God could show him all things. Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. you believe that, young man? You do. I'm a perfect stranger to you. I don't know you. I've never seen you in my life, known nothing of you. But God knows you. And he knows me. And he's fed us both. He's given us our life. And everything that we've ever received, good, come from God. You believe that? Then you're aware that something's going on. There's uh, what's around you. Because I can sit in this milling from me to you. You are a believer. A Christian man. Now, was that just what Jesus told Nathaniel? Just the same. You're a Christian man. And we're your brother. Kindred spirit. And you're one man. I'm another man. We're both God's children. Maybe there's something wrong that you don't know nothing about. Maybe there's something wrong that you do know something about. God loves you. He sent me. Then he can speak through me if I be his seer and know where your trouble is and what to do. He may not show me. I don't know but I, I know that we're both anointed now. And I know the same angel of the Lord that till our fire is moving between us now. Your trouble's in your eyes. Is that the truth? Yet your eyes look bright and nice, but they're not. They're going weak, they're going dim. Nerves are dying in your eyes. The nervous trouble calls this. Another thing I see, you, you've had an accident. And that accident has paralyzed the side or something, isn't that right? 
and it's not well yet, you're having trouble with it. Is that the truth? It's the truth. Now, you heard what was said, but that wasn't me. That was my voice, but it was him using it, and it was every bit the truth. Come here. Merciful Father, who raised up our Lord Jesus from the dead and made manifest his glory to us all, and we're living here at the end of time, at the closing out of this great age, the atomic bomb just ready to burst at any time and annihilate the whole world. I pray that you'll make believers and will heal the sick, Lord, as a token of your love to them. And now I lay my hands upon my brethren and ask for his deliverance in the name of God's beloved Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, brother. Go rejoice and happy. All right. Now, Reverend, have faith, believe. You out there praying, just have faith. All right, sir. Are you the patient, sir? You are. I suppose you and I are strangers to each other. I don't know you. Never seen you in my life. God knows you. Was you the one just prayed for, sir? I want you to look on me. I mean but that, like Elijah said to Ahab, said if it wasn't I respected Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even look at you. But he did. If we're strangers, no contact between us at all, God will have to do the contact, won't he? If God will let me know something about you that will help you, will you accept Jesus then as your healer? Or if, it's, if healing is what you need? And it is. The healing is what you need because it's a stomach trouble bothering you. Isn't that right? If that's right, raise up your hand. It's a stomach. It's a cause of nervous condition. It's made an ulcer, peptic condition of the stomach. You have... Uh, had troubles with it, and you've, uh, you're not from this city. You, you drove here, you've come a, a long distance, right on a long ways, I see it, I'd say between 50 and 100 miles, something like that, you've come, you, you are, there's a something strange about you, just a moment. It's, uh, you've got a friend and the friend uh, has a heart trouble. And uh, it, it, I believe the man's a Jew. And he, he's a little... Don't know what about Jesus. He hasn't become a Christian. Yet he's wanting... Uh, the man's here in this building. Here he sits right here. Sitting right out here, the side of a lady. Right there. My friend, 
Jesus the Messiah, the Son of the living God, accepting now as your Savior, and your heart trouble will leave you. If thou canst believe, all things are possible. Your stomach trouble has left you. You go home and eat what you wish to now. God bless you. This is your time, my Jewish friend, the Messiah of God who knew Philip, knows you and your companion, and this is your hour of decision. Do you believe with all your heart? Do you believe me to be God's servant? You have cancer and gallbladder trouble. You're scared death cancer too. Which it is. You believe the Son of God, His Spirit is here to make you well. You believe that this is Him speaking, not me, but He's speaking through here. Then if that be His voice speaking through me, then His presence is here. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe if they lay their hands on the sick, they'll get well. You believe this? Come near. Oh God, who made heavens and earth, created all things but Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I lay hands upon the dying woman and ask that you give her life. Bear it, Lord, and may the power of the enemy leave from her now. I'll rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. May it go out from her. God bless you, my sister. Go now, rejoicing, being happy. Just be real rejoicing and thank the Lord for his goodness. And you may come, lady. If our master was standing here at the platform in human flesh like I am, wearing this suit that he gave me, if it's healing what you look forward to, he would point you to his sacrifice to Calvary. He could not do it the second time. He's already done it. You have to accept it. Then, realizing in between you and I, knowing that you are a Christian, a believer, then I say, you are my sister. That our Heavenly Father in His loving kindness has sent in the church preachers to preach the Bible, teachers to teach it, prophets to understand the foreknowledge of God, gifts of speaking with tongues and interpretation of tongues to make manifest things in the church. He's full of love. Then by God's grace, may I be able to transfer God's love by the name of His Son, Jesus you. You ought to believe in divine healing. God bless you, lady. You've been healed once before. You were healed with a cancer of the stomach. Is that right? And you had arthritis and a few things others that you were healed with. Isn't that right? And you pray for the sick yourself. You, yes, and you go around praying for the sick. Then 
You've developed some kind of a cold like it. It's been bothering you and you've had an x-ray taken and said a spot was on the lungs. Then in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I condemn that spot that it goes from you. being happy. Can you believe? All things are possible if you can believe. How do you do? We are strangers, I suppose, to each other. We do not know each other. Just God alone knows us. But to heal you, I could not. But your life could not be hid. God sent him here. He can make it manifest. You have arthritis. I see you trying to move through the house sometimes. You get stiff. I see a, uh, you're going into a place, it's a, it's a hospital or something, it's a, it's a operation, it's in the side. They, they, they took a, a cancer from the side, I see a cancer, I see it wrote on a little list that the doctor had, kind of short like man, he wrote on the list cancer, and it isn't, it isn't well yet, it isn't right, you're having troubles with it yet. But Jesus Christ is here to make it well. Do you believe it? Yes, Father. Come here. And Heavenly Father, may your mercy come to our sisters. And we condemn the enemy now. And in the name of Jesus, may she go and be made well. Amen. Bless you, my How do you do? Now you say laying on of hands. Yes, that's what the Lord said. Why lay on the hands? That's what He commanded. Oh, I'm so believe that the church falls so short. You don't realize. I'm just resting a moment. Visions make you weak. You're living in two worlds. You're here and then you're in another world. You can't help that. Just like you dream the dream with your eyes open. God does that in sovereign grace. Not because you ask for it, you couldn't ask for it. God does it himself. Before you're born, this is set in order by God. It's your subconscious, scientifically speaking. Like you dream a dream. This conscience is inactive and this becomes active. Then when you wake, when you're asleep, you dream things you did here. Then when you wake up, this is inactive and this and here is active. Then you remember things that you dreamed of years ago. You were some part of you somewhere. Some people doesn't dream. Their subconscious is way back. A dreamer doesn't sleep sound. But then he can't help it because he dreams. And a seer 
is neither his subconscious back there nor here. It's right here. He doesn't go to sleep. He breaks from one world to another, from the natural to the supernatural. The great prophet Daniel saw one vision was trouble in his head for many days. It weakened. Do you believe? If God will reveal to me where your trouble is, will that be sufficient for you? God has you. Is that right? Now go. Be well. In the name of Now, if you just only believe and will have faith and don't doubt, Just a minute there, lady. Would you just pray for her? Would you just heal standing here? Were you just healed? Were you the lady that was here prayed for just now? Yes, sir. I've seen that pillar of fire hanging there, and I just know it's hanging at someone else. It's a, a different lady. She's wearing glasses. And the woman's got a skin disease. Have mercy and God bless you and make you well. Believe with all your heart. You can receive it. Do you believe, lady, sitting there? Had diabetes also, so just have faith in God. God make you well. You're hugging your little companion there, that ulcerated liver. You believe that that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, will heal you, will make you well? If you believe, just like you stand there, that stomach trouble, you had, you had it when you come up, but you haven't got it now. So you can go ahead out and be made well. Just have faith. Believe all I ask you to do. Just believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is and a rewarder of those who will diligently seek him. You don't get rid of arthritis? Except your healing. Say, I believe God with all my heart. That's going off. Never say you got any more. Go from Have faith. Just a moment, lady. There's something happened right there just then. Oh, I see. It's a man sitting there. Got asthmatic condition. You believe Jesus is going to make you well, sir? Stand up to your feet then, accept your healing. Stop your coughing. I condemn it in the name of Jesus, the Son of God. Only have faith, all I ask you to do.
You have diabetes, don't you? You don't get over it? You accept Jesus your healer? Then go and instant days will be over for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, make you receive Have faith in God. Don't doubt. Awfully nervous, haven't you? You believe me to be God's prophet? I believe He works through you. Yes, sir. They sometimes thought you had heart trouble, didn't you? A nervous breakdown, kind of a shaking. Well, they didn't call it that, I know of, but it did once pronounced heart trouble. Yes, I've seen the doctor when he told you heart trouble shook you. That's right. If you'll accept Jesus as your Savior now, what you've been wanting to do for a long time, you're a sinner, and need Jesus Christ as your Savior. You accept him as your Savior now? Yes. Oh, you're healed, brother, and you're forgiven of your sins. God bless you. Believest thou this? The angel of the Lord is near to heal? Come. sitting here with that new rider. If you want God to heal you, believe it, he'll do it. If you believe it with all your heart, you may have it. Stand up and accept it then. That's right. It's gone from you, Mother. Sir, you realize you're just rubbing your face up there that you're fixing to die with leukemia. Isn't that right? Stand up to your feet just a minute. God be merciful to you. Father, I ask in Jesus' name for the man's life that he live and not die. God God bless you, brother. Your friend weeping there right sitting next to you has got asthmatic so bad he'd like to be healed too. Would you stand up, sir, and accept your healing of asthmatic? God bless you. You want to get over the female trouble, lady? Just go rejoicing, thanking God, and be made well. Come. Little lady, just keep walking. The asthma left him when it left that man up there. Just keep moving and saying, thanks be to God. How many wants to be healed? The Holy Spirit here. If you need healing, now is the time to receive it. You believe me as God's servant? What more would Jesus Christ have to do to prove him to be the Son of God here in your midst? Your home's going to be happy, sir. I want you to do this for me. If you believe me to be his servant, lay your hands over on one another and you'll see the kingdom of God come into you. Lay your hands over on each other. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I condemn every disease in this building. 